G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Break-Evens. The round one team list have just dropped. Timmy, it's Christmas Day, how bloody good. Guru, that's an injustice to Teamless Tuesday, calling it Christmas Day. Uh, mate, it's the best day of the year, so exciting. Mate, wave of emotions already. Thankfully, old Santa's delivered for me, and as bad as it sounds, this is how Supercoach just think. Cleary's out, and I'm just like, you beauty, I don't need to squeeze 950 into my cap. Um, so far, on first look at teams... Very happy things. Mate, if you were the car that I almost T-boned on the way here because I saw <laughs> Pappy was named, uh, I apologise because I was so excited seeing that name appear. My draft side, our classic size, just makes life a lot easier. Uh, you would have seen over the last 24 hours, we have got a pretty big announcement. Uh, we're going to have a beers and break-evens group on Supercoach that you guys can join. We're going to announce the code in about 10 or 15 minutes, so you'll have to put up with us for a little bit. But uh, we just we had, we had $2,000 as a pool for a prize for you guys. We're going to split it over the first three, and then, uh, I don't know, we decided we're not here to fuck spiders. We're both punters, so first place takes two grand in our group. So if you win it, hopefully that means you take home 52 grand just quietly if you take home the big one. So we'll announce that group code very soon, but $2,000 up for grabs from Beers and Breakhavens for whoever tops that group. Mate, is it time we dive into some team lists here? To get stuck in, mate. Let's Plenty to get rip through. in, mate. Thursday night, the NRL season kicks off at 8.05. Coming to you from Penrith. Uh, for those that are keen, myself, Kempi, and the Hello Sport Boys will all be over at DY Hotel if you would like to come around, have some beers. They're doing a live show uh, from 6.30 p.m., so come and join us. Timmy, I'll be in the crowd enjoying myself, having beers, and I cannot wait just quietly rolling that into the first game, the Manly Seagulls taking on the Penrith Panthers, how good. Footy is back. What a start, mate. My actual first game of the year, I suppose not including the trials, is going to watch the old Blue Baggers Newtown at Henson Park against the Raiders in reserve mm. grade. So that's my uh, my ideal way of starting off round one. Mate, Henson Park having a bloke in a bar, which the show is brought to you by, doesn't get any better than that. Just quietly love an afternoon over there. Mate, let's dive into this Panthers side. Uh, when I look at this side that they have named, Charlie Staines, it looks like he's won the race for the right wing. There were three names here, Taylor May, Charlie Staines, and, of course, Jennings. Coming out of trials, I thought Jennings would get it. Staines has got it. For me, a little bit irrelevant as far as classic goes. I don't think I can ever do it again. What are your thoughts? Uh, Staines, definitely irrelevant. The team selection, not at all. Guy we were looking out for, I know a lot of people looking at Jennings at around about that 230k price uh, bracket. May, as well, was another guy we got a little bit excited about. And no matter what they throw up, when you go into a premiership-winning team on the wing outside of the calibre of players in that side, you're just looking at points, 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 aren't you? So for super coaches, it's a shame to see Stain's name there. But, hey, maybe he'll deliver on that hype of last year that he didn't quite get to by about 40 points average. Yeah, miss me with that. <laughs> uh, left centre, Tago. I've been very, very excited about him. I think he's an absolute must have for everyone he's not at basement price but you can't leave him out can you yeah i think we mentioned him and the best thing about tago not only can we start with him as a cheapie hopefully expect that money to roll in but uh, mate we can play him in our 17s plug him at center wing there such a tough position i've seen actually a lot of people due to a fair bit of cheapy depth in the center wing shifting him up to second row another benefit of him and 
I don't hate that at all. And I think your best play is to put him at centre wing. But either way, mate, he's uh, lock him in for round one. Mate, it's a it's a great problem to have, isn't it? Bloody oath. Like, with, there's him and a few others that you can do that with. Sensational. Obviously, we've seen that Nathan Cleary, that was announced earlier today, he will be out until at least round three. Bit of a kick in the dick for all of us. I thought he was going to be there a few weeks ago, to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's had some issues coming into contact at training and whatnot. So won't see Nathan Cleary for a couple of weeks. In the forward pack here, sort of as we expected, Leota, uh, Appy, Fisher-Harris, Kikau, Martin, Isaiah Yo. Should we rip the lid off a uh, Liam Martin argument again? You still keen or what? Absolutely, because the bloke you uh, you touched on before, I mean, your fave a little bit more now as a result of no Cleary. He loses, Martin loses Cleary, feeding him inside him. Uh, the Cleary is just has such massive implications for Supercoach. There's now 950k in our caps that we don't have to force into. I'm stoked about it because he was a guy that, if he was named, I was picking him. But I wasn't overly happy about it with the sort of injury concerns and whatnot. Uh, I'm all on the Sammy Walker boat, which we spoke about. So we can do that. But yeah, Martin, now I'm second guessing that sort of value buy at 420k. Uh, I'll have to reassess things a little bit. We think Cleary will be back around four, according to the club. The other one for me is Tommy Turbo doesn't have to deal with Cleary's kicking game in round one, which was going to be this brutal game that we were sort of hoping Cleary's kicking game would shut out Tommy Turbo, keep him to sub 100, see these price drops. All of a sudden now you're going, this matchup doesn't look quite as bad for Tommy Turbo. Doesn't look quite as bad, but I will say this. I know everyone watched Penrith get done and dusted by Parramatta the other day, and all I heard was... Geez, they're a different side without Cleary. They're going to be a different side with James Fisher-Harris and Isaiah Yo back as well. You're right, without Cleary, it helps Turbo's cause. Um, if I had an overs-unders, I would still bet on him going unders. I'm, I'm tipping Penrith to still win this one, to be honest with you, at home. Where are you sitting? Well, I mean, we'll get to Manly shortly, I suppose. But um, Olika Artu also named there. Originally, I was looking at it thinking, all right, Cleary's probably going to be there. Uh, I was looking at both back rollers being out in Schuster as well, thinking, all right, all signs lead to Penrith. Cleary out, Olika R2 named. I still have my suspicions that he won't play round one, but we can only go with what we've been, uh, what we've seen so far. I'll be going with Penrith. Don't get me wrong, but you know it's not hard to see a bit of a premiership hangover at time to time. So we'll see. Before we do get to the manly side, just having a look at the reserves list for Penny Panthers, we've got Mitch Kenny, Scotty Sorensen, uh, Spencer Lino, and Matty Eisenhuth. Any of these guys relevant as a middle forward for Supercoach Classic? It depends which sort of way you want to go, mate. Like, I'm not keen on any of your Fisher-Harris's, your Leotas. Martin was the only one I was semi-keen on. Uh, I don't see much of a role change in guys like Kikau, who, who may get a few more minutes this year with Capewell gone. But I think that forward pack is lined up exactly as named and nothing changes for me. For me, just from sort of a draft perspective, one guy I will say, Taylor May, he's in Jersey 21. Um, not on the side now. But for me, when he gets an opportunity, he's not going to give that jersey back. I don't reckon he'd be a bad little stash for someone. I'm looking at May on the sort of snippets we've seen on him from time to time. Just another powerful winger at Penrith. Imagine having Toto and May coming out of your, your backfield. Like it's, it's Toto 2.0. Yeah, look out. Yeah. Mate, let's move to this manly side. Toby Turbo at fullback. The rest of the back line is as per expected. People were hoping that Cooler would get a feature there. He is on the bench. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, starting in the front row. Toa Sipley, uh, he's, he looked great to me in trials. Is he someone that you consider? Uh, Sipley's not for me, no. I, I think, uh, obviously, Boosie stocks a fair bit, but 
We've seen in the past, particularly at Manly, starting a game as a prop or a lock, or not so much a lock as a prop, coming off the bench, it doesn't change things too much minutes-wise a lot of the time. Um, I mean, Jakey Trebojevic will play 80 at lock there or, or close enough to it. Tapao will get decent minutes out of him. Paseca will come on. He's a big part of their forward rotation. So, look, no, basically. Olakwatu, we've already mentioned him. He's in there. Whether he plays or not remains to be seen. Uh, I've got him in my draft side. Very excited about him, but I'm the same. I'd actually be okay if he didn't play this week, to yep. be honest with you. The other second row, Bullimore. Uh, a lot of hype around him so far this season. The fact that Olakwatu's already been named probably has no relevance whatsoever, but it, it sort of gives me a little red flag that Schuster could be back soon as well. Um, Bullimore, where do you sit on him? We sort of spoke about him last week, but where are you sitting right now? Would have been a lot keener on Olakaatu not being named, but even before, I'm kind of happy about it, and I'm I'm really tempted to put a line through Bullimore because we don't know how many minutes he'll get round one anyway. Carl Lawton can come on and play middle or edge, but just Carl Lawton, if Amole is fit, we know he's an admin a back rower. So Bullimore two eighty k. It's an awkward price, as you said. Mate, Schuster could be back round two, round three, round four. And the second that happens, Bullymore goes to the bench. His minutes aren't there and he becomes irrelevant. There's not a lot of upside to him, I don't think. So uh, a guy who I had probably tentatively in my team is now out. Yeah. I look at Jersey 14, cooler, a lot of hype around him during the preseason. This sort of reminds me of, what was it, two years ago when Stephen Crichton was named in the Jersey 14 to start the season. Big hype around him. I've got him in my draft, my draft team. I'll be holding on to him. Uh, if you've if, Classic sides, do, do you carry him or is he too much of an AE nightmare for you? I think the big thing is that we've got the stocks, uh, cheapy stocks, which you look at the start of preseason and you see how quickly things change. But... Initially, you'd probably be sitting there going, all right, if Cool was named at 14, it's maybe a guy that we'd be willing to take a gamble on that is one injury away from getting a start and we can save that trade. But I think we have enough options there that we don't need to risk him sitting there scoring single-digit scores for the first six weeks. Yeah. And I, I think I look at the rest of that bench, Lawton, Kepi, Paseca, none of those guys relevant uh, classic-wise. They're definitely not. One to keep an eye out for down the track is Andrew Davey, who mm. is a good footballer. He's a, he's a relatively agile back rower. Uh, he can play middle, spend time on the edge, wherever needed. He was playing some really good footy before he did his ACL last year and is quite a good super coach scorer. He, he has good output. So, again, he's named on the extended bench, but coming back from that injury, if he can rediscover that form, uh, just one to monitor. I think Andrew Davies, well, he said he was playing good footy before he got injured. Mate, I thought the year before that he was at Parramatta. I thought he outplayed Matto and Sean Lane. Yeah. Uh, so he's got real ability, Andrew Davies. He might be one of the more unlucky guys over the last two years, how it's all played out for him. you got to remember he got injured, then all of a sudden Olakowatu and Schuster popped up. He was just a forgotten man all of a sudden, along yep. with Siren and these sort of guys. So Penrith v Manly, that will be the first game on Thursday night to kick off the season. Unfortunately, Nathan Cleary won't be there, but I still think that will be a cracker. 6 p.m. Friday from the nation's capital. We've got the Canberra Raiders taking on the Cronulla Sharks. And uh, Ricky's done a little Ricky Stewart here, hasn't he? A couple of uh, a couple of twirly ones for us. CNK's been named at fullback. Shock me. Uh, Kotrick on one wing. Tomoko left centre. They'll make up the left side. It's the right side I'm interested in. Tell me about these guys. James Schiller uh, from the clouds. The product of the mighty young cherry pickers. Uh, bloody good football club, that one. Mate, absolutely out of nowhere. Stunned me. Saw a lot I of think this. James Schiller might be stunned just quietly. <laughs> yeah. Um, mate, I mean, we're here to talk Supercoach more than anything, and people, I'm going to be getting drilled with questions about James Schiller and whether he's a bargain basement buy. 
I wouldn't be doing it. There are way too many people competing for that position. The Raiders do have the relatively soft early draw. So if they win, put wins on the board and he holds his place, of course there's money to be made. But when there are a decent amount of options to go with cheapies at CT Dub, it, mate, we talk about the number one measure of a, of a cheapie is um, you know durability for one, but job security, isn't it? So... Job security for James Schiller could not be any weaker, in my opinion. If he comes out and kills it the first two weeks, has a negative 80 break even, sweet. You can get him at that price, easy done. Cannot start the season with him. Yeah, for me, I think he's on borrowed time anyway with Jordan Rapana coming back. Yeah. And there's also a number of handy outside backs at the bottom of this list too. So, yeah, yeah hard pass from me. Let's talk about the halfback. Um, I've been super keen on him all week. I'm interested to get your viewpoint. Brad Schneider, not a traditional halfback, but... He's a super coach halfback. Yeah, he's a super coach halfback. He's a ball runner. Uh, no Jared Croker means to be kicking goals. As I mentioned, that soft draw to start the year. Even more relevant now that Nathan Cleary hasn't been named because I know that I was looking to forego him uh, in favour of Sammy Walker and Cleary to start the year. I wasn't happy about it, but I just really wanted those two. Now that Cleary's gone, I'm sort of sitting there going, Walker, Schneider, boom. He's another one with genuine job security issues, but at what is he, about 188k, goal kicking, soft draw, as you said, he's game is suited to sort of uh, super coach point scoring. There's, there's, aside from that job security, he ticks just about every box, doesn't he? Mate, I honestly think that if your forward pack gets back to where they should be, I think there's a world where this kid can be really, really successful. I hope he uh, matures in about a year or two's time and just gives others, others a chance first. But <laughs> Yeah, true, true. No, I, mate, I, mate, right. I reckon that if, you know, obviously it's a long shot, but I, I think Fogarty might be a little bit nervous about giving this kid an opportunity. Very big call, mate. Very big. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Hey, just, said, just quietly, yeah. uh, I was I was sacked from this podcast if Matty Tomoko didn't get named, so pretty pretty relieved to see that one of nah, all we'll, we'll keep you away from Centrelink for a few more weeks. <laughs> You've done well for yourself. Um, mate, into the forward pack. Um, I, I think for the average person, a couple of shocks here. You obviously ha- had a bit of inside word, but the back row especially, Hudson Young, CHN, and Elliot Whitehead at 13. Um Mate, as I've said, if this forward pack can get on the front foot, they could be anything. It's a forward pack that is not only good uh, on, on a sheet of paper, but there's depth there. Um, mate, Ryan Sutton, I believe, was a couple of points off winning the Meninga medal for the club last year. I think you got Coach's Ward or something else there. Um, all of a sudden in the reserve. So you've got guys like him sitting there waiting biting at the bit to get a start. Adam Elliott, Coy Horsburgh on the bench, Emery Gull is a good footballer. Um, so much depth there. It gives Ricky so many options week to week, even if a few injuries do come in. What really intrigues me and, and I think has had a massive impact on the way that this club is going to play is that Fogarty injury because he was a guy who was going to come in, take pressure off Jackie White and organise the side and get them around the park. So we've now got Schneider there, who's a rookie, who's more, as you mentioned, of a 5'8 and a ball runner. How does this impact Jackie White and We'll soon find out. But what it does do for me is it places a lot more importance on Josh Hodgson to steer this side around the park. So I think it can only mm. help his minutes. Um, we saw him last year doing that shift to lock where Tommy Starling had come on after about 20 minutes. Again, it's just a back row log jam when you throw Joshy Hodgson in there. But I do think it, it very much it makes his role a lot more important. So interested to see how it all plays out. Sort of going backwards here, but, you know, and this is a bit of an awkward one for Tim to talk about, but <laughs> just with Schneider, I mean, 
Straight away, when I, when I saw Fogarty got injured, I straight away thought, Sam will come in here. He's known mm. the system for a decade. He probably knows it better than Ricky Stewart, realistically. For him to go in the direction of Schneider, a completely different footballer. I mean, if you were to draw on a line where Fogarty, Sam Williams, and where Schneider is, you've got Fogarty and Sam Williams having lunch down here. Schneider's at the other <laughs> end. They're nowhere near each other. For him to go for Schneider, Ricky Stewart must be backing this kid in. I'll tell you what it has done, and that's shown that he's going into the season with a defence-oriented approach. Schneider's a bigger body than what yep. Sam is. Mate, they're very different players, and I think they probably lost a bit of their defensive resolve last year at times that, that took them to a grand final and a preliminary final, and that's clearly what he's saying with Snyder for me. Two things, there's that, and he's looking to the future and saying, yep. all right, we've got a football on our hands here, let's give him a crack, soft early draw, why not give him a chance? What does intrigue me is that I want to see how he goes alongside Jack White. And so if you put him inside uh, on debut, or I think he's played about seven minutes in the NRL or something, alongside you know a Cooper Cronk-style half who will run the show and allow Schneider to take a back seat and run the ball, I'd be a lot more confident, but... It's a tough sort of setup to come into. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him to organise this side. Uh, not saying he can't do it, but it's pressure. For sure. Elliot Whitehead in Jersey 13, should he be interesting people as far as classic goes? No, mate. He, the one thing he does do, if he, it's just a big minute to watch for him. So you know, they love him at the club. He could still play onwards of 80 minutes, but he's never been a big worker on the edge. And you can shirk. When I say a worker... He's a one percenter in that he'll chase blokes down and run across field to stop a bloke scoring under the post and do all the stuff a coach loves. But he's not necessarily going to make 45 tackles and have 20 runs that we, that we love to see in Supercoach. You can shirk that sort of stuff on an edge. In the middle, you can't. So if he's playing big minutes in the middle, well, look, maybe he does come into a bit of relevance. It's, mate, it's pretty much a, a carbon copy of what happened to Josh Jackson a couple of years mm. ago where he made the move from the edge to the centre and was punching out these huge numbers. That being said, with the amount of middles they've got at this club, you know, you throw Adam Elliott in there as well. Uh, I wouldn't be going in round one, but he's an interesting watch down the track. Yeah, this is where between Gula, Elliott, Horsburgh, there are too many mouths to feed here. CHN, he interests me as a bit of a pot option. Will he play left or right from what you've gathered? Hutto, Hutto will be... I mean, they've both spent a lot, the majority of their time on the right edge. Uh, my gut feel would say Corey's probably a little bit more versatile of the two. He'll go over to the left, keep Hutto on the right. Um, Hutto's probably more likely to play the bigger minutes, um, so they're going to want to form combinations there. I think Hutto probably plays right, but again, another one with it's a pretty tricky sort of tricky sticky side thrown out there so uh, another thing i will throw in there from the couple of reserve grades i watched of schneider play last year watched him in the last few weeks a lot of those games he did defend next to chn i wonder if that might play a role in their thinking good call and a combination to everything particularly yep. when you're throwing in a rookie halfback so if he's had success there with him in the past and he's comfortable that'll definitely play a role uh, Xavier Savage, Jersey 23. Uh, to me, no real shock we're not seeing him here. I think there was a bit of overhype there. Uh, when do you think we will see Savage? Mate, the time will come. Xavier's got a big future in the NRL. He is just such a raw talent. He's still young. He's still growing into his body. He had a bit of an interrupted preseason at times uh, due to a few different things. So, mate, his time will come. And there's every chance that when that time does come, he could get a start at one or on the wing and, and make a spot his own and 
never play reserve grade again in his life. But uh, the reality is he's a young fella. He's still developing. Uh, they've got an experienced bloke like Chance who's been there and done a job they've had success with. And again, not, not surprised, but his time will come. Anything else on this Canberra Raiders side before we move to the Sharkies? Mate, we've, uh, we've cut them there pretty well. I know I, I have been getting a lot of questions around Tommy Starling and his minutes. I, I still see... Starlow's too good not to be playing big minutes and I think had Fogarty not been injured we would have seen more of a you know Starlow would have been more of a chance to start the game um, as mentioned before Hodjo now needs to take control of this team big time and lead them around the park I still see that 60-20 minute split going where he comes on at the 20 minute mark mm. um, but Said fair dinkum. How, how many back rolls and, and middles can you can you fit into that side? Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. So, so many good guys that have missed this side. Mm. Still got guys like Harry Rushton and Trey Mooney, which I've got really high hopes for as, mm. as far as the future goes. So very good side. Now speaking of a forward pack that's pretty stacked, the Sharkies they don't go too bad themselves. Will Kennedy at fullback, Sione Katoa on the wing, Ikavalu has landed a spot on the wing, which is huge for him. Craig Fitzgibbon brought him over there. Mulatalo's moved into the centres with Jesse Ramian. Uh, Matty Moylan at six, playing his first game of 2020. We haven't seen him yet. Partnering Nico Hines, his first game for the Sharkies in the NRL. Where do you sit on the Hines debate, mate? I got very excited the other day. I think you're a little bit more tempered than me. On yeah, Heisey, look, I'm still not that keen on Hines. I mean, I'll, I'll go on about it over and over throughout this season and on this podcast, but I'm all about combinations, uh, new combinations at new clubs, particularly when we're talking spine players. I think this takes time uh, to gel with those players around you. He looked awesome in the trials, but I mean, it was against the Bulldogs, so it doesn't mean a lot to me, unfortunately. Mate, he'll be a buy at some point in the year, but he's priced on doing some epic work at the Storm. So I just... <laughs> I did have a little bit of interest in before Pappenhausen got named, and I was sort of thinking, where do I go in the fullback scenario? But I just... I'm not that keen on him, mate. One for down the track. Round 8-10, we could be looking at him going, he's a must-have, but not yet for me. You mentioned that his price has inflated a little bit. by his work at the Melbourne Storm. Ikevalu, very similar situation. Yeah, mate, I, I'm glad to see Cavalli get a run. I think yeah. he's a good footballer. It's, it's hard to, yeah, to get a gauge on you're going from a team like the Roosters, albeit they had a lot of injuries last year, such a great roster, to a, a lesser club like the Sharks, from what we've seen in recent years. Uh, to see how we go, mate, I rate him as a footballer. What does intrigue me is Connor Tracy. There's obviously, he's not in the squad at all. There must be an injury there of some sort. I, I was unaware of it. So, Tracy you'd think if it's only a minor sort of thing, he'll come back in at centre where he's been touted to play, in which case Mully Talo probably goes to the wing, Ikevalu out. But again, it's a good position for the Sharks to be in and there's depth there. Mate, when I have a look at this Sharkies forward pack, uh, so many good players. I think the only one that could potentially interest me is Nakora. Where do you sit on the rest of this pack? And Nakora's, yeah, he's piqued some interest. He's, I think he's just under 500k there and he, he's a very good footballer. But again, he's never been a big worker, which... We know Supercoach is going more towards these upside players, but even if he jags a couple of tries, you still want a back rower that plays 80 minutes to have 40 tackles and 20 runs, yep. uh, which he doesn't tend to do. Not for me. I, I suppose I can see why you might be a little bit interested, but I want to see his combination with Nico Hines develop in time and, and then consider him down the track. The one that sort of interested me from a Supercoach perspective, Andrew Fafida is dirt cheap and a guy you'd sort of never think you'd be considering again until all of a sudden he's 200k and you're going, well, we know he can offload, we know he can bust a tackle. They've named a four-forward bench, three-and-a-half middle forwards effectively with Talakai, who will probably come on at an, on an edge and maybe 
Bell, Teague Wilton for a while. But that just... I don't see where there's minutes to go around in that pack at the moment or where they'll do it. Dale Finucane will play his 60, maybe even 65. But for Fita, I'm a bit concerned about minutes. I want to see on game day someone like Luke Metcalf come in onto the bench, which, to be honest, I'm expecting. Mm. There's way too many big boys on the bench there, and I think that'll happen, which will help for Fita. If it doesn't, I'll be pretty tentative to pick him up even at that price. Mate, unless for Fita's the one to go. Unless for feeders to undergo, of course. And then you look at things like Cam McInnes coming back from injury, Jack Williams coming back from injury, which is all fine and good and well. They're about a month away. But Fafida has to do enough in that time to warrant picking him because he won't be a slow burn and be make 100k over the first six, seven rounds because the, he'll lose the minutes as them blokes come back. I think I know the answer to this one, but uh, I'm tipping the Raiders at home to get their season off with a W. Where, where are you going for? Raiders 13 plus, mate. 13 plus, Jesus. All right, now, uh, for those people that have been tuning in and waiting, we are going to announce our group code for Beers and Breakeven, $2,000 up for the winner. So jump on your Supercoach apps. Remember, it's a group, which means it's unlimited. It is not a league. I know I'm going to get DMs about this. They're probably already there, Timmy. I reckon they're already waiting for me. It is a group, not a league. So make sure you go to your groups. The code is 169954. 169, dinner for two, 954. <laughs> so make sure you enter that $2,000, $2,000 up for the winner there. 169,954. It is a group, not a league. Make sure you enter. We'll be giving weekly updates on who's leading that, who's in front, the best teams of the week and everything. So you hear your name shout out by us two. Don't know how exciting that'll be for you, but <laughs> you will hear your name and hopefully you can take home $2,000, add it to you. $50,000 and maybe take me and Tim out for, and Maddie actually, Maddie's here too. Welcome Maddie. thanks for joining us, legend. No worries, happy to be here. You're going to put your name in for oh, two absolutely. grand or what? Absolutely, oh, my, my name would be in there before this goes live. Oh man, <laughs> excellent. Good luck beating Maddie. Let's get a little sneak peek this year. Okay, let's dive into the late game on Friday night, 8.05. Uh, Brisbane Broncos taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. <laughs> Mate, today... The amount of texts, videos, DMs I got from people around Broncos training telling me who's going where, who's playing what. Unbelievable. I don't know if Kevy's trying to trick everyone in the room except himself. I just crazy what has been happening up there. But they've named their side. Isako at fullback. I didn't think that we'd see Isako pull on a Broncos jersey again, to be honest with you. Does this one surprise you as much as it has me? Surprised me massively. And he cops a lot of stick Isako. Don't mind him as an NRL winger. I think he can do a job there. He's a strong ball runner. He's a good finisher. A goal-kicking option as well when required. Not so much this year with Reynolds. As a fullback, absolutely not, mate. Like He, he doesn't have the ball-playing game. He gets caught out of position. Uh, it sounded like he was on the outer at the club. And I was just sort of thinking, yeah, maybe we have seen the end of him. But to be named at fullback, um, ahead of also Cobbo, another bloke who's very raw, named on the wing, of course, uh, yeah, surprises me. Yeah, this one's rattled me. I can't believe it. I read it like 15 times today and thought, nah. That can't be right. That will not happen. Uh, another one that surprised me, Jordan Piera. He has not been picked. The wingers are Corey Oates and Selwyn Cobbo. Cobbo, I understand. Personally, I would have gone Piera over Oates. Where are you sitting on that one? Exactly the same, mate. I, th- I thought Piera was definitely going to be in there. I thought Cobbo was going to be fullback with Tessie New out. So, as you said, uh, I don't know if I would or wouldn't. I think I'd love to be in Kevy Walters' mind just to see it was going through. We had all these reports from training, as you mentioned, about blokes all over the shop. Uh, Cobble spending time with reserve grade the last few days by the sounds of it. Uh, I just 
don't know what's sort of going with that roster, and it, it fills me with a lot of concern for the Broncos going into this year. Made the halves. Billy Waltz is out with Kelly. Obviously, Adam Reynolds is missing with this one. I understand that being the halves. The one that shocked me, though, is Jersey 17, Tyrone Roberts. Another one that has come from nowhere. I'm actually a huge Tyrone Roberts fan, and I couldn't understand why he wasn't in the conversation all preseason when seemingly everyone that had ever worn a seven or a six was in the conversation for that jersey. To see him suddenly pop up in jersey 17, I don't. I think if you're going to pick Tyron Roberts, you probably pick him at halfback this week, don't you? Yeah, that I one mean, puzzles me. It's, it's probably a bit of a kick in the nads for Gamble, who you thought what might have been based on being what we thought was pretty close to starting in the halves this season. Again, on reports out of Red Hill, um, Roberts. I just like I don't see what he offers to this team off the bench, and remains to be seen. We'll see if they run out with this 17 come game day. But like, where's where's the utility value there? Where you've got. James Kennedy, Rabadi, three big boys who'll spend time in the middle. Obviously, you've got Kurt Capel who can, can spend time in the outside backs if required. So there's a few options. But Tyrone Roberts plays halves or nothing, does he? He can maybe spend some time at nine uh, for Turpin. Maybe they're looking at thinking, all right, if Turpin doesn't get through 80 minutes, Walters can go and deputise for a little bit. Roberts comes on. But mate, not a lot of it makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't. And Corey Pakes isn't. In the side, Gamble's not in it. Corey Pax is huge for Supercoach because yeah. he's just over 200k in a lot of teams. Uh, I saw a lot of people running combinations of, of Harry Grant and Pax. Um, there was always risk involved there, as we said throughout the preseason. But our teams have dropped. Well, it saved us one issue because one headache. We we just don't go near him. And a bloke who spent a lot of sort of starting time there at the trials, maybe they were Turpin's coming back from injury. Maybe he's got a niggle and they didn't want to play in big minutes, but. Mm. Just it shows that you can't get too much on trials, can you? Well, mate, you, you would almost have to assume that there there could be a COVID related something here for Pakes and Gamble to miss the twenty four. Mm. Tamari um, Martin's in there. Ezra Mam's in there. Very strange selection process there. Um, one guy that probably will interest people, a name we weren't expecting to see in the front row, is Paliasia. Uh I just had a look at his price. A little bit more expensive than what I thought he was. So I'm assuming he's uh, pretty irrelevant. Three hundred and fifty k. Pretty irrelevant there, yeah. Hetherington to come back as well. Yeah. Tommy Flegler, I think he's round four, it might be, who who will probably be the starting prop for the Bronx. So, yeah, no no go there. Payne Haas, talk to me. I'm antipodding him. I, I just think all the talk of this season and what we learned from 2021 in Supercoach is chasing high-ceiling players. The blokes that we think are starting under value have soft draws, can bag some tries and start with a bang bank that early money, bank those points. Payne Haas will probably finish the year as the top front rower, maybe number two or number three, give or take Papalitis, these sort of guys. I just think at a, a tick under 600k that he's not going to hurt you by not starting with him. And on the flip side at 600k, if he does come out and average is 60 and I can find a guy at 400k who will do a similar sort of job and I've got 200k to spend elsewhere on, say, a gun centre wing, I'm upgrading Selwyn Cobbo to a Daniel Tupu and Tupu outscores Cobbo by 50-point average to start the year. That's what I'm looking at. I'm not knocking starting Payne Haas because you probably set and forget him for the year, barring injury suspensions, and you, you save that trade. But for me, I'm just going, he's a, he's a bloke I'm happy to forego early on. Imagine if someone would have said that to you three years ago. Exactly right. Maybe, the landscape has just been completely flipped, hasn't it? Because I can't push back on anything you just said there. Especially at a tick under 600k, you're looking at him going, well, that's value. Payne yeah. Haas is better than that. He should average more than last year. Funny times. 
I look at their bench, James Kennedy, TC Rabati. There's just too many mouths uh, to feed there for me. Is there any? I mean, Tony Staggs is another one. I've always been a huge fan of Staggs. I've got to tell you, watching the Broncos trial and just their lack of structure worries me a lot with Staggs. Where, where do you sit on him? Is he a guy you're considering? Staggs is in my team, uh, purely on talent. It mm. makes it easier that they've got a really soft draw to start the year, the Broncos. If they had a tough draw, I'd be sitting there going, well, doesn't matter how good you are. If you're down 40 nil at half time, you won't get opportunities there. Adam Reynolds out hurts him because he's not going to get uh, as easy ball. I think we spoke about how well Reynolds digs into the line and creates space for these blokes, uh, well, for a bloke like uh, Tony Staggs. I'm still backing him. Hopefully Reynolds is back next week uh, and they can sort of thrive in a new combination. You know, as opposed to people will be sort of sitting there going, well, he's just said he doesn't like new combinations and this doesn't work. That's more directly involved guys, like where you've got a back row running off a yep. half, um, you know, or a lock trying to punch up short and get the timing with the hooker. Uh, I think in terms of a centre like Tony Staggs, he excels with early ball, doesn't he? And Reynolds won't have any trouble getting that to him. Tony Stays could saw the scheme if he had you and me inside and outside him, realistically. He's just the exception. You just need to get him the football. Yeah, He'll make it happen. As you said, he has got an easy draw to start the season. He goes Souths, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Warriors. Um, I will say this about the Souths draw. If there's any player in this Broncos team, obviously, that's got points in this Tony Stags, he's also going to have Jackson Paulo marking up on him. I'm far from convinced on Paulo from what I've seen opportunity. in trials so far. Huge yeah. opportunity and great point because – and I think South are looking at, like, Paulo's a solid footballer. Tane Milne's edge, Josh Mansour on the wing. Uh, great decision, just quietly. Love Josh Mansour, but getting on these days a little bit. I think they're, they're a back short uh, from where they want to be, and I think they'd be very concerned there. Uh, opposition coaches aren't idiots. They're going to see that, and they're going to see that mismatch and go, whack, that's where we're going. Uh, I mean, is it an option that they go, thinking out loud here, Campbell Graham, one of the better defenders in the game, can Just play both edges. Yeah. Do they switch them and go, let's put Campbell Graham on Katoni Staggs? You'd have to be thinking about it. Uh, you want to, to stick with the combinations you've got and you've been training with, but, gee, that's got to be tempting. It's got to be tempting, but good God, could there be anything that could rattle Jackson Paulo more than saying the left centre spot's yours in round one, he's got a good centre against him, go, oh, fuck, no, actually, I'll swap you over. I, 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 I think I would actually do it. But I think if they're trying to fill Jackson Paulo with confidence to be the centre that they're hoping he will be, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Let's move to this south side. Matty, did you, uh, did you see Latrell Mitchell and Jacob Host going a few rounds today? Yeah, I did. But they've already uh, tagged each other and commented on the photo. So <laughs> all, all is good in Redfern. All is good. Bad day to be Jacob Host. Good God. Couldn't think of anything worse. Okay, Blake Taff, he will replace uh, Latrell Mitchell at fullback, wings, AJ, and Tane Milne. Now, I've always been a big fan of Tane Milne. He's never quite been able to put it together. Been through his fair whack of clubs. Um, I, I think people will get a little bit excited when they see his name, but he's pretty exy, isn't he? 360, no, he's not. That was his price to finish last year. Tane Milne, he's a, again, I... I Trying to think if I owned him or not last year. He had a really good patch there. Starting the year at 442k. Uh, job security issues, obviously with Mantor there. A few other options potentially. Uh, just the tough draw, mate. Broncos round one, happy days into Storm, Roosters, Panthers. His base is okay. He has decent output, but it's quite super coach, a super coach friendly scoring game. But that's just a, it's as tough a draw as you can get after round one and not for me. The real estate isn't great either. The right wing, if he was playing left wing, you've got my attention. Freaking nice. Right wing uh, yeah. hurts him. I reckon I've drafted Tane Mill four times in the last 10 years. I always think there's, probably not for three or four years, but I always think there's a heap yeah. of upside in well, Tane. Well, a bloke that I 
despite the tough draw, I love as a super coach player, is Campbell Graham. And when Dane Gagai left, you just sit there going, yes, Campbell Graham, going over to the left, outside Cody Walker, thanks for coming. Uh, but we believe he'll play on the right, so it takes the value out of him. You mentioned Cody Walker. Is he a captain option this week? Friggin' oath is, yeah. I, I think big time, especially now, you know, Turbo's playing Penrith, Cleary's out. They're sort of your main options. Teddy versus the Knights is obviously a big one, but yeah. I won't be starting with Cody Walker due to that draw. If I did, uh, I would be slapping the captaincy on him. I would want an update on the Suncop Stadium surface going into it because we saw pictures of it underwater in recent weeks. I believe it drains pretty well, but that's a lot of water to deal with. If yep. it is soaking wet and, and hard yards going into it, maybe I'd reconsider. But if I did own him, I think I'd be skipping him. Yeah, I think he, especially as we spoke about last week, no Latrell Mitchell helps Cody Walker yep. heaps. Uh, and the way that he played against the Dragons the other day, as much as they didn't win, we spoke about it, he was terrifying. Ilias in the seven. Uh, we've had a couple of halfbacks pop up now between Hastings and uh, Schneider. You starting with Ilias? I will be starting with Ilias, yep. Uh, okay. I mean, just again, job security's not unbelievable, but he, he's been he's been given the backing at the club uh, to have first cracker at seven. He should get at least a month of footy in. I think he can make some good coin. He looks like a good footballer. He's not a bloke I'll be looking... I'll play him in my 17 round one, I'd imagine, against the Broncos. Uh, from rounds two to four, I'll probably just sit out there. Hopefully he scores right and makes me some money. Best thing about Ilias, dual halfback 5'8". That's just so valuable in Supercoach, as we know. So we can plug him either spot there. Um, yeah, he'll be in my team. Yeah, I've said it before. I think he'll be a little bit better than what people are expecting. I think he'll be a 45 to 55 sort of halfback. I think he'll be really solid for him. Uh, let's move into their pack. Coleman Tungy, he's one that interests me. Now, he played on the left side last year. Uh, the work rate's there. I think he has got attacking upside. But as we know, when you play left side of South Sydney, you're, you're a decoy. You've got decoy written on your forehead. Mm. Cody Walker won't even look twice at you. Take him over to the right side. I think he's going to get a bit more ball this year. I think he's got a bit more upside. I think when you straight away think, oh, if he's moving from the left, it hurts him. I think it could be good for him. I think that Ilias will use him a little bit more out on that right side. Where do you sit on Colin Tungy? He will use him more, yes. But my issue is how much ball does Cody Walker get in this team and how much ball does Ilias get? Yep. Cody will demand it and get it whenever he wants. Uh, what will happen, though, is, is we'll see, as we saw in the Charity Shield, Cody Walker swings from side to side, which uh, just gets me so excited. There's no better side than Cody popping up on that right edge. So if he's got... If Ilias has Cody sweeping out the back, Latrell sweeping out the back of Cody even further wider on that right edge, it's going to be Colin Matangi sitting there going, thank you, as these gaps open up in front of him. So that's where I like it. But ultimately, I just think they're going to spend a lot of time down that left edge. Jai Arrow at 450k. Any interest there? Like him. Yeah. Uh, I like him for the fact that you can get him at front row. If it was just second row, there's way better options for 50 to 100k more. But uh, I don't really like the front row position this year. I don't like a lot of options. I'm really starting to think about going down the avenue and, and I'll have to reassess and take in and all these team lists that have dropped. But I'm actually considering starting, you know, like a 300k player there alongside Arrow just to save that money and spend up elsewhere. Easier said than done. We need to find the right options. Um, but I do think that's an opportunity and, and a tactic to go with this year. Arrow, he's going to play bigger minutes this year. He could play as many as 80. I don't think he'll get that many, but he'll get minutes. As long as he's sort of semi-fit and firing, uh, there's such a good super coach player in him and attacking upside running off Cody Walker. Cam Murray, the 13. 
the new skipper of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, last three years, he's averaged 69, 68, 70. Uh, his minutes have varied a little bit. He averaged 62 minutes last year. As the new skipper, Wayne Bennett goal. We know that Wayne Bennett traditionally is a killer of forwards in Supercoach. Gets the best out of him in the NRL, but Supercoach, he can fish them quite regularly. Cam Murray, has he got the upside in him that people are talking about? I mean, 70 average is still pretty decent, 62 minutes. Does he up that to 70 minutes per game as the skipper? Could he sometimes be an 80-minute guy? I don't know where I'm sitting on Cam Murray. What are your thoughts? I... Have a man crush on Cam Murray. I absolutely love the bloke for so, so many You're reasons. You're worried if you didn't. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I'm not alone in this one. Um, it kills me not to start the season with him, but there's a few factors. Just, again, a disrupted preseason. Uh, he's had, he's come back from surgery or injury of some sort, had a few niggles, and I think he'll be bigger than his 62 minutes from last year. I can see him playing more of a 65 to 70 minute role. I do think the upside is there. The, how closely I watched that bloke and how close he came to having another 15 tries to his name last year and the year before, it just mesmerised me how close he got to the line. The draw worries me. He's 6.15k. There's a lot of good back rollers around him at a similar price, around the even sort of 5.50k mark. He's one that I'm sort of pencilling in for around 6 or 7 when the draw eases up a little bit. I want to see him come back and see his fitness, uh, but a reluctant avoid. Are we worried at all about Cam Murray becoming a bit more of a link man with Adam Reynolds going? We're we worried about him taking up a more of a ball distributing role within this side. Yeah, at all? Yeah, look, it it'd suit that team well, wouldn't it? But he's already been a fair fair link man for them. He passes a lot in that side. A lot of the time, he just dummy and pin it himself. But I think it'd surprise you how much he has linked anyway. It could increase a little bit, but does that increase his attacking stats a little bit? We've seen it kill Jake Chaboyevich's game mm. in recent years, becoming more of a link man. But, you know, first and foremost, Cam Murray's a fantastic ball runner. Yep. The second that they get a quick play of the ball, it's just Cook, Murray, gone. Uh, and it just creates so many super coach points and opportunities for Murray. And uh, I absolutely wouldn't begrudge anyone starting with him in round one. There's two days for me to change my mind, and I probably will. Damien Cook, this is one that a lot of people are tossing up here. Mm. Uh, Harry Grant, obviously missing round one. Cookie becomes pretty appealing. We know the rhetoric around Wayne Bennett's gone. Cook's going to get back to mm. his... Absolute best. Uh, I'm hesitant. Where do you sit? I just want to see him running it first. I don't want to say, well, they've got a new coach in, Bennett's gone, he's going to run it more. Well, based on what? Like, it, let's see it and, and watch it unfold before it happens. So there wasn't a lot from anything in preseason that made me suggest to think that he will. Uh, you know, I don't hate him as round one buy. I think he's pretty cheap at 575k, probably one that is undervalued and will bounce up in price. But I just, I'm, I'm so set on a hooking combo and have been since about September last year. I shouldn't say that, since whenever Jaden Braley got injured of Randall and Harry Grant. Um, set and forget, well not set and forget that, set and forget that for the first few rounds for me and then you can look to maybe upgrade Randall to Cook at some stage if Cook's running the ball and looking the goods, but there's just still question marks for me. I just remember sitting here two years ago and they changed the rules and everyone went, shit, this is so suited. Mm. Damien Cook is going to run a mark. He didn't. Then the, the, we had the preseason. Oh, now he's got a whole preseason. He's going to run a mark. Didn't. Yeah. It worries me a little bit. I know Wayne Bennett's gone. There'll be a different footy side, but I'm the same as you. I want to see it first. Any of these front rowers or these extra middles interest you to Tola? Nichols, I can't imagine he would. Host, Havili, Burgess, Cheekham. I imagine Tatola would be the only one that might spike some interest. Where do you sit? 
Um, speaking of man crushes, Leighton, the uh, the Leighton bandit, Marky Nichols, the, the goat of South yeah. Sydney. Uh, love the bloke. Sadly, not for Supercoach purposes, but no, it doesn't. I, I think between, you know, Colin Matangi will play 80, Jai Arrow probably plays 60, 65, Cam Murray plays 65, 70. Not a heap of minutes to go around there. And of the options there, none of them have big enough sort of... Uh, their PPM isn't strong enough for me to consider. A couple of interesting guys on the extended. First on the standout to me is 18, David Mowali. I am very high on this mm. kid. I think he'll be very suited to super coach once he gets his opportunity. 19 is Joshy Mansour. We, ex- well, we assumed he was going to be on the right wing. Tane Milnes won that race. 21. Sorry, 20. Liam Knight. Interesting one here. We, uh, I think you mentioned before you heard he was injured. Came out before the season that he'd had... <sighs> It wasn't a reek or anything. He'd had some sort of clean out or was expected to be out for four to six weeks, I thought. So very surprised to see him named there. Doesn't change that much, but one thing I did want to touch on just quickly, talking about minutes in that rotation, the Bunnies have gone with a bench of basically three middles and a versatile sort of Michael Cheekham, who we know can play anywhere, but best position is on the edge, as in back row. Really interesting sort of take. I, I do think come round two when the troll comes back, Blake Tafe will be the 14. I think it's a weird bench up to start the season, and it wouldn't shock me to maybe see that change come round one. It does concern me for Arrow's minutes, but once Tafe's there round two, I think we should see Arrow getting better game time. Yep. The last guy that interests me there is Jersey 23, Isaiah Tass. We haven't seen him at all this preseason. He's a very talented guy who plays right centre. I think that if Jackson Paulo does not impress early, I think there's a world where Isaiah Tass mm. could come in at right centre, and then we could get everyone's wish except the South Sydney Rabbitohs coaching staff and see Campbell Graham at left centre. So one to keep an eye on there. First time we've seen Isaiah Tass's name in a while. Matty, anything to add on South Sydney there? Uh, no, not particularly. I wasn't particularly shocked with anything. I guess I guess I did expect Mansour to be there, but yeah. But uh, I'm happy with Tane Mill. Good to see Tane get an opportunity, though. Who, who, who are you tipping in? Oh, do I need to ask you who you're tipping that one, Matty? South by 40. Yes, of course. Who are you taking? Mate, I reckon it could be the bunnies by 50 based on what we've seen. Yeah. I, I, I sat there the other day and Kempi tipped the Broncos and not, normally I just think it's because he's a Broncos <laughs> fan, but I don't know. He worried me a little bit with the whole Suncorp Stadium rhetoric and everything, but I just can't see Cody Walker with the attitude he's coming into this season with. I just can't see him losing this game of football. He will tear them to pieces. Yeah. All right. Let's Super Saturday at 3 p.m. The SCG, the Sydney Roosters, taking on the Newcastle Knights. Let's talk Teddy first. Uh, I mean, uh, we mentioned Cody Walker as a captain option. I think Teddy has to be the one, doesn't he? Yeah, t- look, it'll be, it'll be Teddy for me, not owning Cody. And even if I did, you're, you're sort of hard to look past this Roosters outfit and go past him, not sort of overly crash hot on the night. Sydney Cricket Ground, uh, Teddy, one of the first picked in my team. An interesting one, which I'll, I'll get your take on, mate, uh, throwing down the, uh, the draft arena, had a lot of questions, people being that sort of it'd be third or fourth pick about do I go Teddy or Pappenhausen with that pick. I very reluctantly steered them in direction of Teddy just because draft, we think long-term, Pappy one head knock away from being out for 10 weeks. Where do you sit on that in draft? If you take the head knocks out, I take Pappy. <clears throat> Me too, but, but you can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah, I wish you could. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I wish you could. Don't worry about that. Uh, but no, I think considering the head knocks, you have to take Teddy. And yeah. to be honest with you, if you said to me you took Latrell Mitchell before Pappy, 
I could understand it. For the sake I wouldn't of do it for the sake of the head knocks. I could understand it. Uh, me being me and picking Pappy, all I've done is watch his highlights for the last five weeks and convince myself on Pappy. So I, I would be leaning towards him at, at third be, solely because I've just put the head knocks. Did any of your of my... injury play draft squad get named in round one or not? How are you sitting? Yeah, Olukowatu got named. Mate, it actually turned out pretty good for me. And the guys that missed out have missed the teams completely, so they won't be AE. So <laughs> I'll get through it okay. I'll tell you one guy that I was hoping would be a smoky for this Roosters team was Adam Kieran at left centre. They've come up with a smokier smoky, Billy Smith. Now, I know we're both huge fans of him, but I didn't anticipate him to be named here. Nor did I. And... I think it just speaks volumes of Trent Robbo that he knows how big a talent he is. He has all these options. You know, he could have looked for a probably a stronger goal kicker in Kieran or whatnot, but he's just gone, Billy Smith's my best option here. And thank God the sanity prevailed and he got picked. If he wasn't picked, I was sort of thinking maybe it was because they'd be in Ningle. They wanted to get a few games under his belt coming into the new season. But, mate, he's the best centre option to play at the club. And I think when fit, Joseph Suwali is the best option to play on the wing with Tupu. That's not a knock on Momorowski. He's just got two guns in front of him. So, mate, this Roosters outfit is exceptional. And Billy Smith, super coach, is about 280k straight into my team. Yeah, and if you're looking for an anytime try scorer this Saturday, whatever Billy Smith is at, I think it's going to be overs. Yeah, like it. So have a punt on Billy Smith. Hopefully he does well. He's had a terrible injury run, uh, but he is so talented. It's not even funny. So we wish him all the very best, which pushes Paul Momorowski to the right wing, which I thought would be Kevin Naguama, who's the kicking the dick as far as my draft <laughs> team goes. But Momorowski on the right wing, it looks like he won't goal kick. We're hearing that Sam Walker will, but... As we said last week, it's good that Sam Walker's got the kicking, but he will miss every second kick. It wouldn't surprise me if Momorowski takes it off him sooner rather than later. The other one that comes in there is uh, Billy Smith, who's kicked a few goals in his time. Um, and, and Imagine that. He's pretty handy at it as well. So, Sammy Walker, we spoke about him in quite a bit of depth last week. He'll be in my team. The goal kicking is a massive bonus, provided he can knock a few over. I had him regardless, but I think... With Cleary out uh, and Walker goal-kicking, we're going to see his stocks rise significantly, which annoys me a bit because I had him as a pod and I don't think he'll be a pod anymore. But at the same time, I'm happy to see, see his role at what it is. Any comments on Cleary? Any interest there? I don't know if we touched on it last week, but we had an NRL physio on the SC Playbook podcast a couple of weeks ago and, and just had this incredible stat that a player hadn't come back from an ACL reconstruction and had a better supercoach season the following year two of us checks the only one who did it and he did it by about two points or something so and there might have been a sample size of like more than five games or something i'm sure but that to me just sort of says kiri a bloke who relies on a lot of speed he'll be fine he's an absolute class footballer but he just doesn't interest me um, early on and i'm happy to go with walker over him uh, particularly now that he's kicking there's a lot of interesting kiri he's relatively cheap uh again another one i just want to watch early on yeah Let's move to the forward pack. Uh, Rhea Hargrave's up front with Lindsay Collins. Lindsay Collins returning for his first game post-ACL. I sort of thought he would start off the bench. He, he still mm. might. Um, Connor Watson in the nine. No Sammy Verrills. Watson, he interests you this year? Nah, mate. I, I just don't think he's going to get the minutes. Round one will be a fun watch with him starting at nine, but Verrills will come back there into that nine spot. Watson becomes the utility off the bench. Uh, there might be a, a point where injuries strike the roosters and, and he finds himself playing a, a big minute role anywhere yeah. anywhere exactly right but i just he's going to be 14 next week when veros returns and uh, as good a super coach player as he is and how relevant he is he's always like anyone needed minutes and 
a bit of a victim of his own versatility. He's just the perfect 14, isn't he? And as a result, isn't getting those big minutes. Is there a world where Connor Watson can play well enough this week that he holds on to the nine for you? I think there is, yeah, because yeah. I think he's a – I don't think he's a better footballer than Sam Verrills, but number nine's a unique position, isn't it? Um, Connor Watson, who's had injury troubles of his own. So is 14 now, to be fair. Yeah, 14 like, is. Yeah. It, it is, and I would love nothing more than to see him playing an 80-minute role, but – Lots of injury troubles in his past. They probably don't... Ne- With the talent they've got on the field, they don't need to play him 65 to 80 minutes. He can come on and be an impact off the bench, play yeah. 50 minutes and slot in if there's any injuries, concussions, whatever. Two back rowers interest me a lot. I love both of them. Angus Crichton, Satili Tupanua. I think I'll have Tupanua in my team. I, mm. I just think he's in for a really big season. I love the position yeah. that he's playing in this Rooster side. Uh, Angus or Satili interest you? Both of them. Uh not as much Satili. He just he just relies too much on try scoring for me. He's base base thirty four last year as a seventy three minute player, which is pretty ordinary. Um, the thing that is there is the upside, and the Roosters are going to be barring injuries significantly better this year. They're going to wipe teams off the park, and Tupanua could score a ton of tries. So he does interest me, but at an awkward sort of price there. I think there's other back rolls that are like. Angus Crichton is a bloke that I had in my initial side. I think he's going to make way purely on the fact that I think he's at the peak of his price and and we look for value to start the year. Where are we going to make money? And I'm sort of looking at Crichton going, all right, well, I don't think he's going to go up in price as rock solid a player as he is. I'm looking at these Cowboys pairing, Lukey, Nanai, there who are like over 300k cheaper just about. I think that's a lot of money to save on two promising players with decent enough upside of their own, albeit in a far worse side. And I'm thinking I can spend that 300 grand elsewhere, try and pick up Crichton a bit later. But again, certainly don't regard anyone wanting to start with either of those back rollers. Uh, we're putting the red Sharpie through Victor Radley, aren't we? Losing hooker. Yeah, mate. He's, he's, you, you talk about link, man, and, and yeah. not helping their game. He, a lot of, lot of passing for Radley. Great footballer. Always seem to seems to briefly have some moment of relevance in a Supercoach season where people talk about him, but he's never been a bloke I've considered. He will have his weeks where he scores forty attacking stats with James Tedesco. He's always got that in him, but he's also got getting suspended three times. Yeah, this yeah. Mitchell, hammer you if he's not Simbin twice this year. I'll eat my hat. It'll happen at some point. Uh, the bench: Hacho, Baker, Nabucha, Takiaho. This bench just is what it is, isn't it? Not much to read into here. Not at all, mate. Uh, pretty well as per last season. Joey Hutchinson at 14, but uh, nothing too interesting there. The, the only thing that may happen is if, if Hutchinson comes in, maybe he kicks a few goals when he's on the field, but not too much to read into there. Let's move over to the Newcastle Knights. KP at fullback. Uh, KP's got red flags all over him for me at the moment, super coach wise Where do you sit? I was, I'm so relieved. I mean, he's not there yet, but I'm so relieved Pappenhausen got named because, as I said, I had issues with every other fullback option and loving Ponga and being such a big fan of his game. I was like, oh, as you said, there's red flags everywhere, but I could just see myself going stuff and I'm going KP to start the year. I'm glad that uh, has been taken Fuck, out of I my hands. I wish we were in that position. <laughs> I'd love to sit here with you with you picking KP. I know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that said, it's Teddy and Pappy for me, and then if you want to throw Turbo in there, so be it. Is there anyone else in this back line? Dominic Young, I think Dan Gagai is going to get a cold out there. Bradman Best, I think there's too many injuries there, classic-wise. Uh, Nothing for me, mate. Yeah. Dom Young, 
I don't rate him that much, to be honest. But people love him, uh, and I don't really know why. I'm not saying he's a bad footballer, but people see this big bloke who can who can bust a few tackles and throw a few offloads. I, I'm just not convinced he's that good a footballer. Yeah, the, the, the defensive reads worry me mm. a lot. That's who I'll be going. Whoever's the winger opposite Dominic Young, uh, I'll be all over them like a bad yep. smell. Uh, Daniel Saifiti out of this side, which really hurts Newcastle mm. for me. Great for Jacob Saifiti and David Clemmer. Not, I don't think either of them is going to be overly re- relevant classic-wise, uh, but if you've got him in draft teams, you've done very well for yourself. Still, Christy Randall. Uh, people are messaging me saying oh, he'll be a 55 to 60 guy. I don't think he will be. Where are you sitting on Randall? I think he was so Barry Tui, the great uh, reporter from the New area. Just see a tweet the other day looking at more, aiming at 65 to 70 minutes, uh, which... Starting hooker, we've seen how, how many tackles he can rack up during a game. Any attacking stats to bonus at that price. In a perfect world, we'll slot him in there, play him in our 17s for the first seven, eight rounds, then upgrade him at a 50 to 60 average. Maybe that's being a little bit ambitious, but uh, at his price, the role that he looks to have in that side looks the goods to me. Phoenix Crossland might come on and take a bit of uh, game time off him, but... Man, I'm, I'm a fan of Randall for round one in Supercoach, and, and I think he'd be brave to go elsewhere. Yeah, I, I think you'd be brave to go elsewhere, but I think people are overhyping him a touch, to be honest with you. As a footballer, it's like, well, aside from being a, a sort of decent work ethic player that'll rack up tackles, I don't think he's done that much. Yeah. Based on a, a limited sample size, from a super coach perspective, I'm licking my lips. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just think a lot of people look at that first game he played when he made 70 tackles and went to extra <laughs> time and people are just shitting themselves about it. I think he'll probably be a 45 to 55-minute guy for me. But so so yeah, it's he, just still not a bad thing in saying that. Are you seeing Crossland playing 30 at hooker? I could see Crossland playing some minutes there, yeah. I think it depends how they're going to use Kurt Mann, obviously. Um, I don't know, I've just got to... Yeah, I, I just don't think Randall will be this 55, 60-point guy like people are anticipating. Yeah. But he's still gonna, not, not going to be a bad option. I'll still have him, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure I'll still have him. Um, second rowers, no one interests me here. Frizzell, Fitzgibbon, the 13, no, has my attention. <laughs> um, definitely has my attention. Just the eye test the other day looks sensational. My thing with Kurt Mann is, and I've drafted him a number of times, Kurt Mann is too tough for his own good. Worries me how much work he's going to do in the middle because he is... Always an injury is just around the corner with Kurt Mann, unfortunately. Hopefully I'm wrong, mm. but he's too tough for his own good, man. Love a bit of the K-man. The, speaking of 45 to 50-minute players, is he going to get the game time to be relevant? Because if he doesn't play 60, 65-plus, uh, I just don't think there's any upside there. I don't see how he improves that much. Mate, if he comes out and plays 70 minutes, sweet, happy days, dual position. But I'm just not convinced, particularly with Mitch Barnett on the bench, that he plays... We touched on it last week. He's just going to play the Connor Watson role from last year, isn't he? That's what I think. And that Connor Watson situation last year was a nightmare. Mm. And for me, I think Connor Watson's a better footballer than Kurt Mann. I think the way that they're going to play, Kurt Mann's going to be more important to their football this year than what um, Connor probably was last year, just based on the situation they're in without Piercy and stuff. But I just struggle to trust that they're going to make the right decision with Kurt Mann week in, week out. And this same thing keeps coming up, but Linkman, Linkman, Linkman. As you said, Piercy not there, two sort of relatively, I suppose, unproven, not not sort of high-profile halves. Is man just going to get in there and just distribute, um, which will kill his supercoach game? If that means he plays 80 minutes, happy days, but I don't think it'll happen. Now, it's a pretty interesting bench for Newcastle. Uh, can, Can you tell us much about these guys? Leo Thompson, no, I can't. Don't know a lot about him at all, to be honest. Um, 
Momosia, however you pronounce his name, uh, looked good in the trial, starting on an edge there with a few blokes out. Good footballer, super coach potential, cheap. A lot of blokes are looking at starting with him. I don't think he's going to get the minutes as an edge back row in this team. Again, we look at Mitchie Barnett, who, by the way the team's been structured, he'll be playing in the middle of this season. He sort of mixes between the two outside of his career. But again, he's no one who can deputise on the edge if needed. Um, could be worth starting with him, but I'm not sure the minutes are going to be there. Uh, again, he'll probably come on, on an, in an edge sort of role. Um, but we've got Saifidi coming back into this team. I want to see the minutes before I jump on. Now, I've just Googled Leo Thompson, and the photo of him has come up. He looks like something out of one of my nightmares, <laughs> just quietly. If me and Leo Thompson walk into an alleyway, only one of us is coming back out. You can expect to see Leo Thompson walk out. He looks like <laughs> one scary fella. So keep an eye on him. I haven't seen anything of it. I've never heard the name, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but keep an eye on Leo Thompson. If he is, well, he will be basement price, obviously. One to keep an eye on there. Uh, let's move to the 5.30 game, the Warriors and the Dragons. Uh, for the Warriors, obviously, Reese Walsh is out. Chanel Harris-Tavita at fullback. Uh, our boy, Valia, I believe it's pronounced, is in the centres. Uh, I know that you called him in your article this week to play there. I've been very high on this kid for a long time. Warriors have a pretty decent draw off the dome to start the mm. season. Uh, I don't think he's o I don't think he's overly expensive, but I will say this: if he doesn't score a try, you're probably looking at a thirty point score, which could hurt you. Yeah, and look, that those are the that happens with bargain basement centre wings to start the season, isn't it? And we're willing to make those sacrifices, <clears throat> and that's why we look at uh, Targo at Penrith, who's not bargain basement, but when we reiterate that he's a guy you can plug in your seventeens, it might mean not playing someone like Viliami here. So that's the, the benefit of a guy like Targo. And to be honest, I, I probably won't play him in my 17... I'm, I'm high on him as well, but I don't want to play him in my team until we see a bit more from him at NRL level. He can sit on my reserves, hopefully make that cash. Uh, but as a starting centre, there's competition there, but it's not great competition there. So I, like, I think it's... In fact, he's been given a crack. Um, mate, get in my team at 173k. Rocco Berry? Seen a bit around about Rocco Berry. heap around about Rocco yeah, Berry. Yeah, a lot of love for Rocco Berry, which, oh, mate, I'm, I'm all for, but I want to see I want to see what this, how the Warriors look early on in the season. He's 320K, which is super awkward price. Um, you know, he's got to do it. He averaged 69 minutes per game last year across eight games. So, I'd, again, I'm not going to gamble on someone at 320K when we've got blokes at sub-250 that I can play and, and, and have them in my side and free up cash elsewhere. What about Adam Fenua-Blake? No Matt Lodge this week. What do you see? He looked great to me in the trials, AFB. I have always been a massive AFB fan. He kills me every time. A bit of a Katoni Stag scenario where every time I buy him, he gets injured. But super coach point scoring. He, he offloads, he busts tackles. He can jag the odd try. He can jag the odd try assist off just that loose arm near the line. Uh, I think he's a real option at 505k. As it stands, he's partnering Jai Arrow in my front row. As I said, I'm trying to spend cheaper there and he's probably going to be the one to go. Um, Matty Lodges out early on, so he could get massive minutes. I just, I really like him and, and anyone who wants to start with him, he's a guy who could be 630k by round five and be averaging 75 points. So don't mind him. I had the NRL Physio on my podcast earlier today. Uh, we spoke about Tohu Harris. The Warriors are saying round 8 to 10. He reckons that's complete bullshit. Mm. He reckons he'll be back a lot earlier than that. Based on just time since his injury, he thought Tohu Harris was a chance to be named this afternoon. He hasn't. But that spells a worry for someone that a lot of people are high on, Ellie Katoa. 
I can't do it. Two of them, Eli Katoa and Josh Curran. Yep. People are massive on Curran. So the news of Torhu that he's not too far away. Mate, look at the bench as well that the Warriors have named. They've genuinely named four, well, again, a bit like the Sharks, three and a half big boys, three genuine middles, and then Bailey Sirenen, who, who spends his time between middle and edge as well. Another bench that I would not be shocked to see change come round one because I don't understand it, but when you throw Torhu on top of trying to predict where minutes are going to go there, they've also got two front rollers where Fanua Blake can play 65 minutes and punch it out easily. You've got Matt Lodge who can do the same, who's coming back, I believe, next week. It's enough for me not to want to start with Katoa or Josh Curran, and I know they're both pretty popular players, so I want to see how the minutes run out, more so come round two with Matty Lodge back. Personally, I think Aitken's the only safe one there. Yeah, I mean, Aitken should be playing his 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, anyone else at the Warriors there that interests you? Uh, not at all, mate. No. SJ is what SJ is. He, he's yep. a star football. He's a star super coach player when he's on the field, and I just can't risk that, uh, that injury history. Dragons, uh, Tyrell Sloan at fullback, Cody Ramsey on one wing. Bit of interest in Cody Ramsey from people this week. I, I, I'm not sure why, to be honest with you. Maybe I've missed something. I know he scored a good try in the trial, but outside of that, I, hasn't he shown us enough over the last two years that I just don't think the base stats I are know there? why, and I don't understand it. People are, are higher on the Dragons than I am, and are thinking, expecting big things this year, and... Yeah, there might be improvement. Mate, but I, I, I think they'll finish eighth. I still don't have any interest in Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, he based 17 per game last year off the back of 72 minutes, which is, you know, as bad as it gets, really. Um, he's a rookie. They'll, he'll get bigger. He'll get more confident uh, and get more involved. That base should grow. But again, should. I want to see it first. Um, yeah. You're relying purely on tries. He's 254. He's about 270-odd K, I think, off the top of my head. So, you know, if you're paying 170 for them, it's like, sweet. I'll wait for the tries to come eventually and you can make me 100k all good. But at that price, it's like if he doesn't score for the first few rounds, they've got an awkward draw as well, the Dragons, to start the year. Maybe he could lose money. So what have we seen to suggest that he's a good buy? I don't really know. And you're also heavily relying on Moses <coughs> Sully, who looks like a wrecking ball at the moment, yeah. but he has shown that he is very inconsistent. It's it's a lot. I, I don't see it personally. Sully and Lomax are two centres. They're both trialled incredibly well. Um... I imagine off the dome, Sully scores last year, probably puts him a little bit overpriced, does it? Or is he, or is Jeez, he, that dome gets a bit of a workout. He gets a workout, don't worry. That's why it looks like this. It gets a serious workout. Um, what was that, mate? <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying. Rattled I'm too me. busy worrying Moses about Moses Sully. Um, is, is he a little bit overpriced from last year? Obviously had a couple of big scores towards the back end. Uh, I've got no idea what price he is. What, what's he coming at? 366 to start the year, Moses Sully, and not a chance at Speaking of blokes who have promised so much and delivered so little in a super coach setting, he's a bloke that I sit there and go, particularly for draft, he's always on the wires. I'm going, oh, silly pick up. Yeah, how good in that? Like offloads, tackle bars, can score and set up a try. But, you know, his base isn't even bad, mate. Like he can base out 30, mid 30s in games, but just never seems to put all those things together and average more than, you know, 50 odd. So not for me. Like his last four season averages have been all 41 or below. Granted that. They, they've all been 75 to sort of 80 minute years, except yeah. for last season. So there's a super coach player in there, but there's one hell of a super yeah, coach player in there, there somewhere. But yeah. uh, got to see it before I buy him. Yeah, let's talk um, Zach, Zach Lomax. Is he is he a bit of a pod play? Obviously, he'll goal kick there. 
has just got ability that he probably is, no one mate. else in this team he has. He is. He's, he's a serious footballer. As I said, he's one of the best goal kickers in the NRL. He can pull things out of his ass. Um, that's fantastic for Supercoach. Good base there. Works hard. Gets involved. <clears throat> my my leaning is, I could see why people would definitely start with him. Uh, his average average fifty seven last year, sixty eight the year before. I just look at a bloke like Daniel Tupu, who's like 20k uh, more expensive than him, playing on the end of a rooster's back mm. line, uh, on the wing, which I think I think wingers are more valuable than centres, generally speaking, nowadays, because they're bagging these easy tries in high-point scoring games. Centres will often throw that tip on, and the try assist will go to the bloke on the inside. I'm like, if the rooster's going to put 50 points on teams, Tupu could score four tries, well... The Dragons have to show that they're going to put points on this year. The upside to me is in Daniel Tupu or, or the likes of him. Uh, that being said, Lomax is a good supercoach player and starting with him at that price, another one who's probably undervalued. Yeah. Last guy at the Dragons that I think is relevant, Jack Bird, um, C2W slash 2RF, playing in the second row this year. Hopefully <laughs> that locks him in for 80 minutes. Tariq Sims, uh, I believe he's carrying an injury, but it looks like he's been overlooked anyway. Uh, Jack Bird, I think he holds his spot there. Interested? Do you believe that Tarek Sims has genuinely been overlooked, or do you think it's that calf injury? Because I he's hope been, it's he's the- been named in reserve grade. There you so well, again, coming back from injury though. So, do they want to get a run under his belt? Mate, they've, they've also got- said they don't want him though. That's yeah. my worry. Like, right, I, right, right. I, it doesn't make sense to me. <clears throat> if you tell me it doesn't make sense, I'm not going to push back yeah. on you at all. But I mean, fuck the dragons have done weird as shit. Let's be yeah, honest. And, and we've seen over the years, and I said the fact that he's unwanted. Maybe it's them going, mate. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. No matter what you're on, we're not going to play you anyway. So, yeah. and perhaps, but back onto Birdie, four ninety eight k to start the year. Uh, we've spoken over and over again about chasing high ceiling sort of centre wings. I mean, he's in a bit of a U and Aitken mould, isn't he? But I'd go Aitken over him in that I think his minutes are probably a bit more assured. Um, I was going to say Aitken's more more sturdy and, and less of an injury history, but between the two of them, there's not a lot of games between them. Aitken's base is phenomenal. He runs a really good line. I prefer Aitken uh, in a similar sort of mould to Bird. Another one, I want to see him punch out some good scores before jumping on at that price. Any other Dragons that interest you? Not really, mate. We mentioned Tyrell Sloan last week, and he could be anything. I'm, I'm definitely tempted by him, but I said I want to see the Dragons perform before I go with a rookie fullback. Trap. Tell me. Who wins that game? I, th- I think this, this will actually be a pr- pretty good game this weekend. I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, they'd, they'd have to be a dollar ninety a piece, I reckon. I think they have to be pretty close yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, I, I'm going to take Saints. Where are you sitting? I think Saints have shown enough in the preseason. SJ is good as he is. Slot him back into a, a new sort of team. There, he'll know the environment well. But new halves partner, um, CHT at fullback. I think the Giants did enough in the preseason to suggest that they're looking all right this season. I'll go the Jags. Three more games left. We'll try and get through these at a pretty good rate. We've got the West Tigers taking on the Melbourne Storm. Mate, I'll, I'll hand the mic to you, Tigers. A couple of relevant guys here and there. I'll let you go through this side and tell us uh, what you're saying because the Tigers, obviously, there is a lot of um, – they're, they're a very unstable little side. They can change mm. whenever, so there is always that to consider. Jackson Hastings, interesting one. 350K, very cheap in the halves there. Massive option. I I think he will kick goals down the track. He's believed to be carrying rid of a foot injury there. So whether or not he does it from round one, I'm not sure. But I'm on the fence with him, leaning towards probably not starting him, particularly if not goal kicking. Kelma Tuolangi, 
cheapy starting edge back row role. As we sort of suspected, Lukey Garner named on the bench, so he may impact his minutes, but uh, there's a few different options they can go about there. At his price, though, to Alungi, I'm willing to take that risk and get him into my side. Elsewhere at the Tigers, mate, not a lot of interest. Stefano Utakamanu, upside there, probably undervalued to start the year. Not going to hurt you by not starting with him by averaging 80 points or whatever. So happy to go against him. Uh, the big one at Melbourne is Papenhausen in, isn't it? We've already spoken about it, mm. but that locks in my back row, uh, my fullbacks for me. You know Jack Howarth, who was a cheapy people are interested in. Um, so you can put a line through him, particularly with, you know, Cam Munster, Harry Grant to come back into the side. Well, if, if he's not in the 17 this week. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's down the he's at. Order, yep. And then, mate, just the last one was Josh King, uh, obviously named to start at lock. Where do you sit on him, sort of? How do you see his minutes going forward? Because whether Harry Grant starts next week or not, uh, Brandon Smith, even if Smith starts at hooker, he goes to lock 20 minutes into the game. Uh, it, it looks like a bit of a trap, but again, he's cheap. Uh, he looked good in the trials. There's potential there. I think there's better guys around, mm. personally. Uh, I just think that because of the way the Melbourne Storm are going to be <coughs> lining up, I just don't think he'll get the minutes to be relevant. One guy I do want to mention to you, and reportedly he's got a uh, a bit of a stomach ache this week, some sort of a bug going around. Luciano Leilua looked great in the trials to start the season. Is he a guy that's caught your eye? Not really, just due to the uh, probably lack of... I feel bad bashing the Tigers each week, but lack of faith in the Tigers. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to go this year. And as, I think in terms of value for money, I think the back row, there's some really, really good options at a similar sort of price tag who I prefer. So I'm happy to, to overlook Leilua for me early on in the season. Uh, and then just the other one at the Melbourne Storm, Xavier Coates, locked and loaded in my team. Yeah, you're a real arsehole when it comes to the Tigers. Oh, anyway, uh, let's move to the Sunday afternoon game. Games four o'clock. We've got the Parramatta Eels taking on the Gold Coast Titans from Combank Stadium. Uh, Parramatta, uh, no real surprises here. Matto at 13. We have got Nathan Brown named in jersey 18. Uh, I doubt Brownie will play. He's got a pretty poor injury history, so I doubt they'll rush him back. I think Matto will do a good enough job there. Uh, outside of that, we've seen that Sean Russell has won that wing spot. Not really a huge shock there. Tom Opicic not in the side. Um, there's a bit of talk about Mitch Moses, Dill Brown, a lot of people looking at these two. Guffo, he's another one with a pretty good start to the season. Anyone from Parramatta you're interested in? Lock in Russell, lock in Penasini. Uh, you can make a case for one, six, and seven. Don't need to think about Gutho now personally because of Pappy. Pappy yep. uh, again, if Pappy doesn't play, it's going to really turn things on his head pretty quickly. But, mate, the one was Madison, and particularly from a team list point of view, Brown linking at 18 worries me a little bit. Um, just in the event that Maddo maybe plays 60 off the bench, I still think he's good enough that even in 60 minutes, you're not going to be hurt by him as an owner. Probably the opposite direction here. I'm looking like starting with him, but you know they captained Sean Lane during one of the preseason trials. Do they want to give him more time? And he looked like an immortal. <laughs> may I ask? Yeah. So I, I'm I've got Maddo in my team at the moment, but just uncertainty around minutes is a question mark. Reed Marnie, any interest? No, because I'm. Hooked into Randall and Grant. Yep. Okay. Let's move to this Gold Coast Titans side. Pretty much as expected, the back line, exactly what we anticipated. Forward pack, pretty much what we anticipated. There was a bit of a conversation around whether we would see Kevin Proctor or Bo Fermor in the second row. It looks like Bo Fermor has won that spot. A lot of people very, very keen on Bo. Where do you sit? I'm not keen on him. Uh, I get it. People are excited by the fact that he's a jewel. He, he's 
probably getting an 80-minute role this year. Um, job security in terms of big minutes is far from assured. That concerns me. Where does Kevin Proctor come on when he plays? Mate, he averaged 64 minutes last year. So even if he does play 80 minutes, how much more upside is yep. there? He had a stack of attacking numbers to his name last year, which I question whether he'll replicate or not. Um, I, I just think at you know, 380k, he doesn't do much for me. And, and I see why the hype is maybe there, but I'd be spending up elsewhere. You know, Katoni Stags, for example, is another 40k who, who could punch out ton, ton after ton. Yeah, Furmore would be very interesting three years ago. I think he's lost he's a lot of his yep, relevance yep. there. Yep. David Fafita, starting with him or not? There's not a well that I would live in where I could watch Dave Fafita in round one. It's a bit like that, isn't it? He's yeah. just terrifying. I mentioned last week, I've watched him before as a non-owner and it was, it was a horror show. Like um, It's behind the couch yeah. sort of stuff. You can't... Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do, for my own sanity, it's early in the season. It's a long year. Um, you got to pay out for him. But again, clearly not being there allows us, freezes up a lot of money for guys like Fafita. No one in this back line to touch on, really, Supercoach-wise, is there? The one I do want to touch on is Corey Thompson, who last mm-hmm. year was obscenely good and just, like, basing mid to late 30s per game, scoring scoring a few tries, but nothing ridiculous. He was just... There was games there where I, th- I think his final game last year, maybe around eight or nine, before he got injured, and a lot of people jumped on that week, he had, like, 15 tackle busts. The week before, I think he had, like, 12 tackle busts. And he was just becoming a super coach gun, came back from injury and didn't really quite find his feet again. But while I'm not starting the year with him, he's a bloke that there's a serious super coach player in him and, and one to consider in what should, you know, potentially be an improved Titans outfit uh, this year. Parramatta to win this one? Uh, yeah, I think Parramatta will win this one. All right, let's get to, this might potentially be the earliest spoon-off rugby league <laughs> has ever seen. I'm joking, guys. Take it easy. Easy. Uh, Cowboys taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, Cowboys... Um, a very Todd Payton sort of side. I mean, we sort of knew what this was going to look like by the comments during the week in the trials. Uh, Hammer at fullback, Kyle Feld on the wing, Tuolagi on the other side, Val Holmes and Hiku in the centres. Dearden has won the sixth jersey. Drinkwater, not only has he missed the starting 13, he's missed the 17 as well. He's in jersey 19. Be interested to see if that's how they stay. We'll talk about that in a minute. I don't think anyone really in this back line overly interesting, is there? Not at all, mate. Let's move to the forward pack. Heard a bit of talk about Jermaine Tanua Brown. Uh, is he a potential guy in your... Look, he's cheap, row? but this team is another that I think probably changes come game day. Just a four-forward bench. Cotter, McLean, Dunn, Gilbert. Again, largely middle forwards. You know, Dunny, Dunny's more of an edge player, but... They've already said, uh, Dean Young said last week that he wants to get bigger minutes into Tam Lolo this season. So, which indicates to me a 65 to 70 minute role. That takes up a lot out of the pack, which has big super coach ramifications because Luke and Nanai are both blokes that I'm keen on at that 30, 340k mark. Tough one, you're basing it on not a lot. How many minutes do they get? They'd probably need minimum 65 to be relevant. Um, but in terms of Tanoa Brown, I just. Four, four, four middle forward bench, basically. There's not a lot of minutes to go around, is there? And it's the final game of the week, so we can't wait on team list. It, it just, no. Nah. Starting with Lolo? Starting with Lolo, locked and loaded, and then that news of him playing bigger minutes there, and he's good to go. A little bit of a hamstring uh, condition <laughs> going into the, the season, but they reckon he was wrapped in cotton wool. He'll be good, mate. And barring injury, 
Anyone who doesn't start with him, I think will regret it. Okay. Fair shout. Uh, the bench, Ruben Cotter, Jordan McLean, Mitch Dunn, Tom Gilbert. And we both spoke pre-show. Uh, we're not anticipating this will be the bench that they'll run in with. Surely one of Granville or Drinkwater comes into this side? You'd have to think so. And, and that'll be sort of... It'll be magic for us to see in terms of any Tam Lolo, Nanai, Lukey, Tanoa Brown owners. It's going to do wonders. If they run with these four forwards, oh. it's going to be a nervous watch for a lot of people just working out who's going to be the loser out yeah. of those guys. So fingers crossed we see a Drinkwater or a Granville uh, come into that side. Last team of the week, we've got the Canterbury Bulldogs. Um, interesting selection here, Braden Burns. I think you actually called this one. I expected Aaron Shoup to be there. This one has sort of rattled me a little bit. Braden Burns has been named at centre. Uh, Matt Burton at six. Jake Avrillo holds on to the seven. Uh, anyone in that back line jumps out to you? No one in the back, back line for me, mate. Uh, new combinations everywhere. Blokes who there's every chance they'll become relevant at some stage of the season, but uh, t- too much needs to be worked out there before I can consider them in my side. You're mad starting with Burton, are you? I've had some people send me their sides with Burton as a pod. I just, I can't see it. Like, the, the dude can play, but how he improves on last year, I don't really know. Um, a few different duties and, and obviously a more prominent role in the side. But, mate, some of the calibre of players that you're turning down to get him in, he's not like he's 300k, so, nah. No. Forward pack, um, mate, Tavita Pangai Jr. is the only one that really interests me, but... At the same time, he's probably the one that interests me the least, knowing what we know with TPJ and what he's capable of. Any of those forwards there that... Yeah, in in the one in a million chance that TPJ played every game this season, he could average the most in the front row by like 25 Could average the most in the CTWs if you fucking want to. (laughs) Yeah. But you just... But it's not going to happen. Yeah. You can't rely on it. Bench, Beyond Iodo, Waddell, Max King, Chris Patolo. Max King's probably the interesting Max one here. Max King's very much relevant at 188k. Uh, again, we want to see how the minutes roll out, but at 188k, another bloke who looked pretty good in the trials, got a start there in a bit of a different-looking side, but the dogs did roll out pretty strong sides in the trials, uh, so that's an indication that you know they think highly enough of him there. Um, they've got Beyond Iodo on the bench there. That's good. That's not a, like a genuine four-forward sort of bench there. Uh, would maybe prefer to see more of a utility back, but Max King, 188K, uh, it's pretty tempting. Um, and there's a big chance he'll start in my team. That being said, would love to see the minutes. But again, if TPJ gets suspended or injured round one, big chance. You can Mate, be starting. I, I watched Max King play Toyota Cup a couple of years mm. ago. I remember thinking, my God, this guy is an animal. He then came and played first grade and he, he was playing for the Titans. He wasn't playing a heap. And in the last week, they had a couple of injuries. It was a bit of a weird bench, and I picked him up. Uh, In the first few minutes, they had an injury end up starting. He played 80 minutes for 77 base stats. It's the sort of engine. This is in in round 26, 2017. (laughs) I was was playing my grand final, so no one else cared, but I was just sitting there going, (laughs) oh, my God. And this bloke, he has just gone – he's just been – so irrelevant for so long. Uh, he went down to the Melbourne Storm. I thought he'd really kick there. He hasn't, unfortunately. Uh, but this could be his opportunity, mate, because he yeah. has got a huge, huge engine. Who wins this one for you? Uh, just quickly on King, he he replicated that, those similar sort of numbers in the trials, which is even more impressive because it's a trial. Who gives a shit? Um, he was massive. The motor was there. So, again, if you can replicate that in even 30, 35, 40 minutes, whatever, big option. Uh, who wins it? Cowboys. Yeah, I'm sort of leaning towards the Cowboys too, to be honest with you. Uh, Guys, very long episode. Thank you for joining us. We went through every single team there. Probably won't be as long as that every single week. We've got a bit more of a structure to our next few weeks. 
Thank you for joining us again. Supercoach Playbook, where can they find you? What can they do with you? What's happening? Mate, scplaybook.com.au. Podcast will also be out of a Tuesday night. Uh, Looking at that one. We'll we'll structure it differently to this show to make sure there's not too much doubling up. I do more talking on this one, a bit more hosting on the SC Playbook one. But uh, jump onto our socials there, but mainly scplaybook.com.au. Jump on your Supercoach apps. Go and join the Beers and Breakevens group. The code is 169954. $2,000 up for grabs for the winner there. You're batshit crazy if you're not in this, respectfully. See you next week, guys. Cheers.